It is wonderful to see you, whether you're here in person, watching online, hanging out at Zephyr Point in uh, Lake Tahoe. Uh, we are so thrilled to have you engaging with us in the worship of Jesus Christ. We're going to take a few minutes here to have everybody stand up, say hello to one another. If I could have everybody take a seat. So before we get started, we do have a few announcements. Before we get into that, though, uh, we have obviously the ladies retreat uh, going on today. So if everybody would just give a shout out to anybody watching online from Zephyr Point. In three, two, one. There we go. There was a half second where I was worried because I pointed and there was silence. But somehow you guys all knew the delay perfectly. I love it. <laughs> so before we get started, a few announcements. There are welcome cards in the box in person at the back of the sanctuary where your welcome cards go. You can do it on the interwebs uh, by going to the link on the screen for our website or you can do it by mail and mail in a check or money order. I think it's fair to say nobody recommends mailing cash. Uh, <laughs> with that, uh, if I could have everybody bow their heads with me as we enter into a time of prayer.
Father God, we are so thankful for everything that we have in our life as a blessing. We're thankful for our, the breath in our lungs, for the fact that we can worship you together, and we are thankful for this church body. We ask that you would come down and bless us with your presence, that you would accept the monetary offerings, that you would accept the, the singing that we're about to give you in worship, and that you would use it to change hearts and change lives, that you would multiply what we give in ways that we could never imagine. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Psalm 126, verse 3. <clears throat> Oh. 
never fail. They are new every morning. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. <clears throat> Standing is holy ground. 
Exodus 3, 5. Barry has with me church this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Heavenly Father. This morning, Lord, we are standing on holy ground. We thank you for the honor and the privilege that we are able to come into your house and to stand on holy ground. To be here in this place and to worship with brothers um, and sisters. To sing praises to you. To honor you. To thank you for just another beautiful day, a day that you have made. And Lord, this morning I ask that you would come before us, speak before me, touch every life in this place, speak to us in a way that we have never been spoken to before, which sometimes is impossible, but with you, Lord, nothing is impossible. And I'm believing by the Holy Spirit, you come in here, Lord, and you would just fill every aisle, all those who are missing this morning, who are up at retreat, we just pray you bless their time as well. Be with them. Bless us in this place. We thank you so very much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's sing out that chorus one more time. We are standing on holy ground this morning. Our standing We're standing on holy ground. 
give our Lord a praise this morning. Amen. 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 And can we give our choir a hand this morning? Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, good morning, church. Good morning. How are you all doing this morning? God is so good. It's so good to see everyone here. Um, I, am, I am so excited to be back in town. I was up at the uh, retreat for a little bit there. And what a glorious time they're having. Um, it, not only is, is Tahoe beautiful, could somebody say amen? It's gorgeous um, just to see what our God created. Uh, but most importantly, the fellowship, the, 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 the worship, the word, and the, the bonding is just incredible. And so I just want to thank God for what he's doing up there. And something I want to share with you before I start preaching, something that God did that was even more incredible. Um, there was a gentleman up there. They were also having a, a, a women's retreat uh, or a, a men's retreat. And some other churches were there. And there was a guy that I came across and he was sharing his testimony with me. He's saying, he said, you know, Pastor Carlos, uh, he goes, you know, I'm a little nervous. He goes, I... Every, I, I, I've tried, I've, I've, I've been addicted to alcohol, been addicted to smoking. He goes, you know, I wasn't a big drinker. It was, it was a social thing. And then it became a thing where I needed it. And then it became where, next thing you know, I was, I was bound to it. I was addicted. And uh, he's like, um, Sunday will be a year, but I've never, I've never passed that year mark. I, 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 it's been, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, brother, if you're watching online. I believe it's five years he's been trying to do, and he can never get past that year mark. He said that something always happens. He said he'll be right there, and next thing you know, there's a gathering, there's a family get-together, there's something. And he says, he's like, well, I'll just have one. And next thing you know, he's like, I'm right back into it. So I laid hands on him, I prayed for him. This morning he texted me, he said, Pastor Carlos, it's been one year. One year sober, one year in my right mind, one year serving the Lord. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. I'm going to preach a sermon this morning about knowing the shepherd's voice. Somebody say voice. voice. You know, when I was younger, I remember asking, and I've heard this before, how do you know if God's speaking to you? And you got somebody, you know, they always, well, just, just listen. And it's true, you need to listen. But how do I know if God's speaking to me? Well, just read a lot of the Bible. It's like, okay, that's true. But how do I really know? This morning I pray that this word speak to you, hearing God's voice. Can you tell the difference? How can you tell the difference from God's voice, the enemy's voice, and your own voice? This morning, I pray God speak to you and help you as you make everyday decisions. Hebrews chapter 5, turn there with me. Hebrews chapter 5, who brought their Bible this morning? Who brought the word of the Lord? I heard a little amen right here, thank you. By the way, I just want to say, I believe a young girl, a young lady made this tea for me this morning. Can, thank you, Miss Kenzie. Appreciate you. Can we give her a hand? Amen. Thank you so very much. I want to give you some background on this book, the book of Hebrews, real quick. Um, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Does anyone know who wrote the book of Hebrews? If you know who he is, please let me know. I don't know who he is. I, I thought I saw him go up back here, but um, 
I don't know who, but we do know who he's writing to. He's writing to some Messianic uh, Jews who have turned from Judaism to Christianity. Okay, it'd be like your friends at work or your friends at school. You're telling about Jesus, and they're like, I don't believe in God. I don't want to, no, I don't, I'm not doing this. And all of a sudden, they turn to Christianity. They start coming to church with you. They start believing in God. Do we happen to have nursery this morning? Does anybody know? Poor thing, I feel so sorry for the... the does anybody know? Man, do we know? Do we want to go check to see if... Uh, I feel we have nursery available. We should. Amen. The baby's more... Uh, uh, how many you know the baby can come in here and cry? It's okay, amen? amen. But we just, you know, we want to make sure that the mother can... Amen. So I want to talk about this because we live in, a, in, a, in, a, in an age where um, these, oh, so, so let me back up a little bit real quick. Let me back up. So he's writing to these, to these Jewish uh, uh, Christians who want to now, they want to turn back to Judaism. Okay. So now all of a sudden, Seth the, the people you've been talking to at work or McDonald's or wherever you're going to be working, uh, they, they, they say, you know, Seth, this ain't working out, man. This ain't working out. I, I just can't do this anymore. And you're like, wait, what, what? What do you mean? They want to turn back to Judaism. They want to quit the will of God. And I want to talk about this because it's very important. We live in an, we live in an age where there's a lot of quitting, a lot of people quitting everything. Can somebody say amen? Quitting their spouse, quitting their marriage, quitting their job quitting their school, just they're quitting, they're, they're quitting. How many know children quit? You know, I remember when I used to play marbles at Glen Duncan um, uh, Elementary. I used to go to Glen Duncan. I used to play marbles, and if I was winning, I remember a kid, he would just take his marbles, he'd go home, he'd quit, because he was upset he was losing. We'd be on the basketball team, we'd be playing basketball, and, and somebody get upset, somebody get offended, somebody get mad, and they just take their ball and they quit. How many know children quit? Grown people stick it out. Can somebody say Amen. Mature people stick it out. Hebrews 5.12, we're going to read right here. And I pray this speak to you. It says, for, 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 through, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need to be, but you, he says right here, you need someone to teach you. Again, the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Stop right there real quick. He says right here in verse 12, by this time in, in, your, in your walk, in your journey with God, you, you should be teaching somebody. You should be uh, ministering to somebody. But he says, but, but right now, you need someone to teach you again. You need to be retaught the principles, the oracles of God, the revelation of God. It says, Continuing the verse, you have come to need milk and not solid food. Wow. He's saying you should be on solid food right now, but, um, but you still want milk. It'd be like my son, who's uh, 15 years old. I can't imagine if Carlos was like, hey, Carlos, we're going we're gonna to have some steak tonight, some salad, and, but he still want to have breast milk. I know we laugh at that, but that's spiritually what's going on here. He's saying you should be on some steak. You should be, there should be a maturity in your life, where, but, but you still need to go back to the milk. You need milk. 
for everyone, verse 13, for everyone who partakes only in milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age. And that's not talking about somebody who is 50, 70, 80 years old. Full of age can be somebody who's 30 and 40. That is, that is those who by reason of use their senses exercise to discern both good and evil. And that is very profound. He says, you should be in a place right now in your life, on your journey where you can discern, you, you should be able to, son, daughter, my kid, you should be able to discern what's good and evil. If, if everything in the world is saying it's okay, but for some reason the word of God is saying it's not okay, you should be able to discern and know what's right and wrong. How I many you know we live in a culture where wrong is becoming right and right is becoming wrong? Can somebody say amen? amen. We live in, but you know what? I'm not going to allow that spirit to catch on to us. Can we discern? Do we know what's holy? Do we know what's not holy? And part of my job as a pastor is to help you as my pastor helps me discern as we let the word of God help us. So how do we know God's voice? And how can we discern? Because God will talk to you. Our God is still in the talking uh, business, if you want to call it that. He's still talking to people. But the devil's also talking to people, talking to teenagers, talking to children. But how many know when the devil talks, it's not with a creepy, uh, scary voice. When the devil talks to you, it's, he's not saying, hello, good morning, how are you? It's good to see you here at home church. He's saying, when the devil talks, he, he's an angel of light. When the devil talks, he sounds saved. The devil knows scriptures just like you and I. It's really scary because some people say that, that God is talking to them, that they're hearing from God, but really they're not. Um, you'll know them by their fruits, knowing the shepherd's voice. How can you tell the difference? I want to keep saying that. How can you tell the difference between God's voice and the devil's voice? And this is very important because there's always someone talking. There's always someone talking. The question is, who is it? Who is talking? Who are we allowing to speak to us? And so I want to talk about some of the characteristics of God's voice. And it should simplify some things. And, and by the end of this, hopefully, this will help you. As you say, Pastor, you know what? I got I to gotta grab on this. I gotta, I'm a little more understanding of, okay, I know this is God or I know this is not God. So number one, I want to I go to Colossians. Can we go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 15? We'll read it in just a little bit. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Amen. It says right here, and let the peace of God Rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, 
and be thankful. The peace of God. Somebody say peace. 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 The peace of God. Number one, the care. Number one characteristic of God's voice that I have right here is something that I've been taught is the peace of God. God doesn't command or rule by stress or tension. When he speaks, when God speaks to you, it brings peace. It might not be what you want to hear. But as a child of God, when you listen and you accept it, there's a true calmness within your spirit. It's a peace. But we have to be very careful. You don't want to miss this. I've talked to people who have made decisions and they say, I'm at peace with this. I was speaking to somebody the other day who does not go to our church and they're talking to me. They said, I'm at peace. I'm at peace with that. They said, I'm at, I'm at peace with that. I'm at peace with this. The problem is they're making a decision that's opposite of God's word. And what they're really saying after they just gave up on this and that, they're saying they're burnt out, they're quit, they want to quit, they're burnt out, they're done. They say, I'm at peace. But what they're really saying is, I have no more external drama. I have no more, I'm at peace. And they're relating their lack of drama with peace. But what I'm saying is the peace of God has nothing to do with what's going on around you. That's not God's peace. That's a worldly peace that's temporary. It's temporary. But you see, when God gives you peace, there's a calmness even when all hell is breaking in your life. Everything's going crazy. But there's this little voice that says inside, it's okay, it's going to be okay. I got you. We're going to get through this. Don't get caught in the trap making decisions based on a peace that's going on externally. How do you know this, Pastor? Well, I know this uh, to be true in the book of Mark. Um, chapter 35, verse 41. Who knows that story of Jesus uh, being on the boat with his disciples? Amen. And uh, Jesus tells the disciples to get on the boat. They're going to go to the other side. He says, jump on this boat with me. We're going to go to the other side. And all of a sudden, they hit a storm. Jesus is on the boat. And what's Jesus doing? He's sleeping on the boat. He's asleep. There's this storm going on. This boat is rocking back and forth. And Jesus is down in the bottom sleep. Wow. The disciples are doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. They're right in the middle of the will of God. How do you know they're in the middle of the will of God? Because Jesus is on the boat. They're right there with Jesus, and there's a storm, which shows me we can be doing exactly what God wants us to be doing, and there can be a storm going on in our life. But sometimes it's the drama, it's the storm, it's the craziness that makes us who we're going to be tomorrow. And what I want to say this morning is we don't stop serving God. We continue to serve God as he will give you internal peace in the midst of the external drama. So let's stop trying to avoid 
But let's get on the ship with Jesus and let's see how God works it out for us. Number two, 2 Timothy chapter 1 through uh, chapter 1 and uh, verse 7. Giving you a lot of scriptures this morning because uh, we got life groups going to be happening this week. And so I want to give the leaders uh, just plenty of resource to go after right here. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. It says right here, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Pastor, how do I know if God's speaking to me? When God speaks, there is no fear. When God talks, he doesn't use fear to motivate. Um, fear is from the devil. Uh, God does not want to use fear. And that's why I believe it's, it's very important to know we don't serve God because we don't want to go to hell. Can somebody say amen? We serve God because he died for us. He loves us. And we want to, we want to be in heaven with him. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. Can somebody say amen? I'm not. But, but again, I don't serve him because of that. I serve him because I love him. He's not only friend, teacher, but he is my Lord. He is my Savior. And I always tell people, run towards your fear. Don't run away from your fear. Run toward the thing that you're afraid of. That would be God. Run toward that thing. I'm not sure if you've ever heard this, but something about lions that I found out this week, I did some research on this. When they're about to attack a prey, they will, they will take the strength of the pack, the strong, young pack, and they'll put them on one side of the prey, and then they'll take the old, slow, toothless lion on the other side. And the old, slow, toothless lion has one responsibility, and that is to roar. That's all he does is roar. And when he roars, the, he the, the prey hears the roar, and they run, not knowing they're running straight into the pack. They run from the roar straight into the strong, young pack. And that's not only physically true, but spiritually true. The devil will cause us. He'll, he'll do something that causes us to have fear, and we run straight into the pack. It happens a lot of different ways in our life. Some of us are afraid of a lot of things. Maybe God's giving you an assignment. Maybe God has given you something to do, and instead of running to it, we run from it because we're afraid. I used to be afraid of the ocean. Um, some of you know this already, like a, 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 a deep fear of the ocean. I, did, I don't like the unknown. I don't like the deep blue. And it doesn't help when you've seen uh, Jaws 1 and 2. I'm being honest. You know, when, you, when you're younger and you see those movies and then you watch like shark attacks, that doesn't help, you know? But I, I, would, I would constantly, we'd go to the beach as a family, we'd go to the, we'd go to the ocean and everybody's having a good time. Everybody's out there enjoying themselves and I'm, I'm on the shore, I'm up here and I look like one of those, uh, you know those baby seals when they're looking for uh, the polar bear? They're like this, you know? That was me. Everybody's having a good time, but I'm, I'm just looking around, wishing I was inside. And last year, I decided to face my fear head on. When we went to Point Loma, I ran straight into the ocean, head deep. 
Amen. Amen. Yeah. I went straight into the ocean, and then there was something inside that was freeing. I'm not going to lie. I was scared. I was fearful. But when I went inside, man, there's something inside of me. It just kind of broke, and it felt so good. I faced my fears. Let's stop operating in fear, but move in the direction of your fear. God will never use fear to scare you away. Number three, let's go to Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. It says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion. Actually, you know what? I want to just go to the end of this verse right here. So I, I, Isaiah chapter 28, 16, I want to go to the end right here. It just says, whoever believes will not act hastily. Somebody say hastily. Hastily. Chapter 52, verse 12. Um, let's go there, uh, chapter 52 in Isaiah. So I said, now just go to 52, verse 12. It says right here, for you shall not go out with haste. And when I read the scripture, there are a few people in this, in this house right here that I can think of that um, plenty of people have wisdom when it comes to this. You shall not go out with haste. When God speaks, um, there are no quick deadlines. Uh, example. You go buy a car, and the, the guy says, hey, today is the day. Um, I don't know, maybe not a car. Whatever it is, 1999. Wait, we haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> 49.99. Today is the day. Right, wait a second, you can't. So I can't pray about this. I can't speak to, I can't talk to my wife about this. I can't. We can, Nope, right now is a, right there. I, can, I don't have to cancel about it. I don't have to go to scriptures. I don't have to talk. It's not from God. Now, if you want to buy the, the 49.99, that's fine. But God does not give quick deadlines. Can somebody say amen? amen? If you can't pray about it, you can't seek counsel about it, there's a lot of people in life who've made mistakes because they've moved, they moved into things too, too quickly, too fast. Um, they jack up their life because they get involved in something too quick. That's number three. Number four, when God speaks, he speaks good things. This is very important because I knew somebody who was telling me all this doom and gloom, everything that was out of their mouth was constant negativity, constant gloom. But right here in Philippians 4.8, it says right here in Philippians 4.8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. I discovered when God speaks, and he has something to say, that's not even great. He somehow, someway, he turns it into a good thing. That's how you know it's God. He turns it. So, so like when he's uh, talking to the children of Israel, Second Chronicles 7.14, he says right here, if my people are called by my name, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. God is saying if you're not living good, you're living a crazy life, you're in sin, but if you just repent... I will heal your land. He turns it into a positive thing. Isaiah 1.18, another example. He says, come now, 
Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall, not, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God, again, turns this into a positive thing. He says, you're messed up, you're jacked up. I've heard this before, you're, you're tore up from the floor up. He says, it's not looking good, but if you just turn around, if you just come to me, I'll make you white as snow. So again, if someone's always coming to you with doom and gloom, um, there's, always, there's always bad, it's always bad, there's never, it's that, that's another sign, it's not, that's not God's voice. God is not, God is not in there. This is God. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. That's God. 2 Timothy 3.16. It's another sign right here. Number five. Another sign. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. For instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So number five, when God speaks, um, it always, it's always in harmony with everything else in the word of God. When God speaks, it's in harmony with everything else in the word of God. When God speaks to you, he's not going to, if it's, if it's God, he's not going to cause a contradiction with another scripture in the Bible. Um, this is important because I, I, in my life at times, have zoomed in on one verse. One verse, and I've taken the verse out of context, Okay, because, you know, I'm just, but I'm not looking at the whole, the whole Bible or the whole scripture in its form. I'm just looking at one thing. You got to be very careful. God is speaking, but we got to put the whole context of the scripture into play. God is calling us to do something, but we have to violate another scripture in order for us to do that. That's not God. Somebody say, not God. Not God. It's not God. So let me give you an example real quick. I was talking to somebody. Um, there's somebody who wants to, uh, not here, but they, they want a job. They want to pray. That's what they want to do. They want to pray for their work. And how many know prayer is important? We need to pray, amen? We need to pray. But they, they, they want to pray. That's, that's what they... Um, and there's, there's more work to be done than just sit around and pray all day. Even Jesus could testify to that. But they just want to pray. And they, they use the scripture, well, well, man, it says in the Bible that man ought to pray. Man ought to pray. And he gave his reasons, and I said, yeah, that's true. And he's going through a situation where he has no money to pay the bills, and he's, uh, there's a lot of going, you know, he, has, he, he, he don't even have a place to live. I said, yeah, that's true. Man ought to pray. I need a job. Yeah, but the Bible also says if we don't work, we don't eat. Amen? Amen? So again, you, you know, you, we, we, how do I know this is from God? 
Well, you know, if, 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 if you're hearing this, but it, it's contradicts, contradicting that, God will never do that to you. It, it, will, it will be in harmony with the whole word of God. Like I heard a man tell me, well, I, I, uh, what was it? Um, bless his heart. I haven't seen him in years. Um, I, I would come to church, but I, I got to take care of my family. Okay, no, that's fine. You're right. He says, the Bible says I need to take care of my family. And um, I'm working overtime. I can't get to church. I'm saying, well, you can't even be online. You can't. It's funny. It was crazy. You see him everywhere else but church. And I'm like, okay, well, that, that's fine. The Bible does say you've got to take care of your family. But the Bible also says not to forsake the assembling together of yourselves. Amen. Amen. The Bible says not to, not to forsake the assembly together of yourselves. And so, you know, uh, and, and then you'll hear, well, I don't need to go to church to worship God. I can worship God anywhere. Yeah, that's right. But how many of you know we need corporate worship? We need accountability in this place. Can somebody say amen? I need accountability. That's why you have a church board. So I can become everything that God needs me to become. And that you can also become everything that God wants you to become. So we're doing this together. So remember, if it's contradicting another scripture, if you're, if you're, if you're hearing, hearing this, you say, well, is this God? But it's, but it's not in harmony with the whole word of God. That's a good sign. It's not God. But I just want to say, too, before I close, um, and this is, for, this is for somebody maybe watching online this morning. And again, um, I don't want you to feel in any way because you're not here in person. Um, we know with sickness and with everything going on out there, we understand, and God sees your heart. But I do want to say, if you're physically able to come to church and you're not in the house of God, you are disobeying God. I was hoping to get at least one amen there. I'm going to say it again. If you are physically able to go to church and take this church out of it, go to any church and you are not going to church, you are disobeying God. And let's just say for some reason this scripture doesn't pertain to you. You're the only one in the world that it doesn't pertain to because of whatever reason. You don't need church. Uh, you don't need, you, you can do, you, hey, that's fine. But we need you. The church needs you. We need you. Can somebody say amen? amen. We need you. So remember the shepherd's voice. There's a peace. There's no fear. There's no deadlines. He speaks when he speaks it. Yeah, it might be harsh at times, but there's always this. There's always a solution. There's always a, a, always a hope. And lastly, when God speaks, there's harmony with the whole word of God. Harmony. We got a lot of men in this place this morning, and I want to challenge you. Some of you this morning, maybe, let's just say, maybe your, your spouse knows more of the word of God than you do, or maybe, but I want to encourage you to rise up, to rise up, to take the mantle, to love your wife like Christ loved the church, and to lead your home how God has intended you to lead your home.
I just felt led to say that. Because sometimes we or our spouse can be um, saying we're hearing from God or God told me this. Are we, are we sure God is telling us this? We want to make sure that we're going through this right here. Is God really speaking? I've had a lot of people tell me, God's speaking to me. God told me. And you look six months later and you look at their life and the Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. And you got to wonder, did God really tell them? And I've done the same thing. God is telling me, but really I'm going off my emotion. Be careful. Do you know the shepherd's voice? You know, when I was a kid, my mom, she would, all she had to do was go outside and say, Carlos. And I knew it was her. All my dad had to do was go outside, and I wouldn't even see him, and he'd go, I don't want to hurt anyone's ears. And I knew that whistle. I could be playing with 50 kids, and if somebody's mother or father whistled, we knew exactly who it was. I didn't know, but they knew their parents' voice. How do they know their parents' voice? Because they're always with them. They're always talking with them. They're always fellowshipping with them. Do you know the shepherd's voice? When God calls you, do you know? Or when he's calling, are you saying, oh, that's not me. That's, that's for somebody else. But then all of a sudden, another somebody will call you, and you say, that's, that's the father, and it's not him. Be very careful. Be very careful listening to voices. Know the shepherd's voice. Do you know the shepherd's voice? And how do we know the shepherd's voice? By getting into the word by praying, by meditating, and looking at his characteristics. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Again, we want to give a, just a shout-out. I know some of the women are watching online um, while they're coming down um, or in their quiet time, and we just want to, we just want to say we miss you um, as you're at retreat. But this morning, most importantly, um, you're here with us, you're watching online, or you're here in person. And you say, Pastor, um, I'm not right with God. Jesus is not living in my life. Um, I do know one thing. I know the shepherd's voice, and he's calling me back home. He's calling me to repent of my sin. Um, I've been listening to some things I shouldn't be listening to. I've been watching something. I've been viewing some things that I shouldn't be viewing. I've been talking to some people that I shouldn't be talking to. I've been fellowshipping with some people I shouldn't be fellowshipping with. I've I got some bitterness in my heart. Um, whatever it is this morning, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And he's here this morning to give you that eternal life. He's here this morning to love you to fellowship with you, to be there in the midst of the storm, to ride it out with you. You say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not right with Jesus. I want to give my life to God. No one's looking around. All heads bowed, all eyes closed in the house of God, in the presence of God Almighty. You say, Pastor, that's me. I would like to pray and give my life to Jesus. You raise your hand. Anybody? God sees that hand. Anybody else? Honest hearts. God sees that hand. Anyone else? God sees these hands. Amen. Hallelujah. God sees these hands. Praise be to God. Anyone else? Children are raising their hands. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Anyone else in this place, before we close, say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I want to receive, receive Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Anyone else, you raise your hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. God is so good. Well, church, we're going to pray together, and as we pray, I want all those who raise their hands in just a moment, you're going to come down to the altar with me, and we're going to pray with you all together. And even if you didn't raise your hand, you want to come and meet me at the altar, I would encourage you to do so. If uh, my brother in the back there, Mr. Luke, if you could play some music in the background, I'd appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to pray a blessing over our church, over our church family. And I'm, I just want to encourage you again. Um, don't, don't look back in life and wish you would have been a part of a life group. I know, I know we can make it without these things. I've, I've gone many years without going to a Bible study. But I want to say it's such a blessing to be a part of one. And it's, it's those times it's in, it, during the week when I, I was just blessed and helped and I was able to help someone else be there and support someone. And so I want to encourage you to be part of a life group if you're able. Be a part of a life group. This morning you raised your hand and you want to receive Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. We're going to pray in just a moment. And after we pray, I would ask if you would just dismiss very quietly, fellowship out in the foyer, outside uh, when we dismiss uh, that way I, those who raise their hand can come down and we can pray together here at the altar but this morning Lord we surrender all this morning we surrender all dear Heavenly Father I pray a blessing over our church over our church family God I thank you God for this house that you've entrusted us with uh, this morning I just feel like I'm preaching to the choir Everyone here, uh, I'm sure, has heard this many times. But I pray, let it be a reminder, God, of who you are and your characteristics. That we may, that we may follow your voice and not any other voice of this world. Or the voice of Satan that he tries to disguise as an angel of light. I pray, God, you give each and every one of us discernment to be able to see through the lies discernment God as someone can smile in our face and yet we know they're hurting inside or have a look of anger but really we can see that their heart is lovely God I pray God you give us a heart God that want to just reach out to the lost this week open our homes and make room God I pray you protect each and every one of us from sickness and viruses our bodies, all those who are at home who can't be here in person. Lord, I pray just your protection upon them, God, and blessing over their lives and their family. God, I pray you just give them the strength, God, to be able to uh, ride this storm out, God, as they continue trusting you and that they would come back to this place in person in your time. The blood of Jesus over this word, over your people, over our church. In Jesus' precious name I pray. And all God's children say, you may be dismissed quietly, please. If, though, if you raise your hand, you want to come pray with me, come meet me here at this altar. Amen.
hidden in Jesus.